Hallelujah. 
Upcoming events, August 4th is the church anniversary. Uh, it's a Friday, and we're going to have a worship service on Friday evening. We're going to do plenty of songs, maybe do some testimonies. And uh, let's see, August 5th will be Prayer for the Nation. That's Saturday morning, so Friday evening, Saturday morning, okay. And then August 6th will be Vision Sunday. All right, going to be a busy weekend. August 22nd through the 24th, Contending Faith Bible Conference will be in Pigeon Forge with uh, Brother Randy Greer, um, So, uh, and we'll be going, so if anybody, hopefully, well, I know a lot of other people are going, so that's going to be awesome. We're going to have plenty of fun. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Generation Life Youth Camp, the dates are July 8th through the 12th, so please, please go ahead and start uh, praying for that and, and uh, purposing in your heart whether you're going to go or whether you're going to help out or or whatever, uh, the sooner you start uh, praying about that, the, the more they can move on the, on the youth that will be there, the young adults that will be there. All right, so uh, meditation for the week. Uh, we've got Romans 3, verses 23 and 24 uh, is our in him. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right, so even though we've all sinned we've, and come short of the glory of God, we are justified by Jesus Christ. All right, so our confession, because I have sinned, I would fall short of the glory of God. Because of the payment for my sin, freely provided by Jesus Christ, I am justified and made acceptable to God through his grace and mercy. Praise God. All right. So our healing scripture for, for this week is Isaiah 53, 5. And it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Well, there... I don't know about y'all, but for me, there were some words in there that were kind of big. So I had to go look them up. Like transgressions. What is that? It's rebellion against God. Uh, it is sin in the in simplest sense, but it's rebellion against God. Iniquities. Brandon, do you know what iniquities are? No. I didn't either. I had to look it up. I mean, I know, it, I know it's sin, basically, but it's, 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 it's the twisting and distorting of the commandments of God. All right. And then uh, chastisement. That one, I know that one, but some people don't. It's, 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 being, dis, it's being disciplined or corrected. Uh, so we were disciplined or corrected, or we, we should have been disciplined or corrected. All right. So that one's in there. And then... I, and stripes, everybody knows what the stripes are, but I never thought that was enough. So I put scourging. It's a harder word, but it, but 
what he went through was harder. Yes. So, uh, I made it long, but I like it. <laughs> All right. So, he was wounded for my rebellion against God. Crushed for my twisting and distorting of the commandments of God. The discipline for my peace was laid on him. And with his scourging, I was healed. Praise God. All right. Well, well, Lord, we, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for being here with us. We know that you are here with us. You're always here with us when we're gathered in your name. And, Lord, we ask that you, you be with us and that you, you lead us and guide us and that you show us the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that are here now, the words that will help us to grow, that will help us to move past the things of the flesh and, and move into the things of God, to, to, to grow as your disciples. Because we follow you, Lord, with all our hearts and with all our minds. And, we will, and we, will, we will crucify the flesh, Lord, just the way, just as you did for us. We will crucify our flesh and deny our flesh the things that our flesh would have so that we can be closer to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, 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 that our prayers are answered and that you always hear us and that you'll always be with us and that you'll never leave us We'll never be alone. We'll never, we'll never have to do things by ourselves because you're always there and you always give us the ability. You always give us everything we need just at the time we need it. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your many blessings. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not interfere with the service and neither will any of your minions. You must flee in the name of Jesus. The name above all names, the name you must bow to and you will bow to in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this day and thank you for this service in Jesus' name. Derek, our church confession. Good morning, disciples. Also, stand up and do our confession together. I am the image of God, I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am a workmanship of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. 
I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. So who are we? Betty. Lord, we are the ones called by your name. We humble ourselves now as we pray. Renouncing every sin and wicked way. We lift our voice. Seek your face and say, Lord, send the rain, pour out your spirit, let your fire fall, heal us one and all, fall fresh on me, as we sing holy, holy. Heal us one and all, fall fresh on me. Lord, we are the ones called by your name. Lord, we are the ones called by your name. Now, as we, we pray, in every city, wicked one. 
and wicked will lift our voice. Seek your face and say, Lord, send the rain. Pour out your spirit. Let the fire fall. Heal us, Lord, and all. Fall fresh on me. Lord, send the rain. Pour out your spirit. Let the fire fall. Hear the sword and all. Fall fresh on me. As we sing. Thank you, Father God. We come to you, Lord, with humility. Because it's your way. Your way, Lord.
How great Thou art! How great Thou art! When Christ shall come With shouts of admiration And take me home With joy
you be all the honor, all the glory. Thank you for who you are and how many you be. I just receive you. Father, for you do work constantly in our lives. Father, you're constantly moving. You're constantly working on us, shifting us and changing us and molding us and shaping us by your hand and by your word. And Father, we're so thankful for that. Father, we're so thankful. I see it, Lord. I don't know how to put it into words. Help me, Spirit. Thank you, Father. Lord, help me to take what I see in the Spirit and put it into words. Thank you, Father. Lord, I guess the best way to say it is that Satan has been working to devour. He's been working to overtake and overwhelm. He's been working to get your children into a position where he can just come along and slurp them up. But Lord, you're working and you're moving. You're working within your people. And as your people will work the word, Father, you're going to take them. And you're going to transform them from how they see themselves now. And you're going to transform them, Father God, into mighty men and mighty women with no compromise in them. Though it was not your plan, it was not your will, it was not your design for them to go through the hurts, the sufferings, and the abuses that they've endured. But, Father, you'll take that that the devil has brought upon them, and you'll turn it. And they'll be able to look back upon their life of old, and they'll be able to say, This is the devastating place that the devil tried to take me. But God was there the whole time, sustaining me. And God brought me to a place where I was able to see his face. And I was able to walk hand in hand with the Lord. And as I did, the Lord strengthened me. The Lord turned me. The Lord repositioned me so that I could no longer see what the devil had to say about me. But I could see who the Lord had made me to be. And now I walk in the fullness of that. And the devil no longer has a hold upon me. For those days are shortly ahead, says the Lord, but it's going to take your part. I can't do it without you, says the Lord. You've got to quit yielding to Satan. You've got to quit yielding to the lies. You've got to quit saying what the enemy says. And you've got to begin to say and to do what I say to say and do. You've got to begin to submit yourself to me and resist the enemy. For as long as you continue to yield to him, he will continue to rule and reign in your life. So if you want a better path, if you want a better life, if you want freedom from those things that hold you down, you're going to have to make the decision to stand and fight. And it's not a decision that you can back off of. And it's not a decision that you're too weak to do. 
For my strength is in you. My strength is with you. My angels come and strengthen you in your weak moments. But you must yield, says the Lord. For I am a perfect gentleman, and I will not force you. Being forced is the hand of the devil, and I will not be equated to him. It's time for you to make a decision. It's time for you to make a choice. It's time for you to decide you've had enough of the enemy. It's time for you to stand up and fight. Do not be fearful. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. For I am with you. I have always been with you and I will always be with you. I did not forsake my son at the cross, though he felt like I did. And yes, for a season he was separated from my hand. But I did not forget him and I did not forsake him. I allowed him to endure what he endured so that you could walk with me hand in hand, says the Lord. So today the choice is yours. Today I've sent my servant to give you the message of how to fight. It's not just words to entertain or fill your day or to give you a checklist that you got your ticket punched for being in my house. But today, my servants have your answer as how to win this fight. Take it earnestly. Take it to heart. Make the decision that this day forward, you change. And I'll be with you and I'll walk with you, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Now, I don't like to say, says the Lord, because I'm human and I can miss it, but that's just what I kept hearing over and over and over again in my spirit. The Lord is wanting to, and I can't put it into words, but I saw each and every one of you standing mighty in the glory of God. Mighty warriors in the, in, in, in the power of God. But as long as you choose to continue to lay down as long as you continue to hide in fear as long as you continue to say well I'm a nobody and I'm a nothing as long as you continue to say my fear my anxiety my worry my depression my insecurity as long as you continue to take hold of it God cannot set you free from it so make the decision, and it's your decision to make, that you're not going to hold on to it anymore. Amen. You may be seated. Do you have anything by the Spirit? Not on that. Huh? No, I'm good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, we're going to continue along the path of how to obtain victory over mental and emotional bondage. And... Uh, some people will say, I'm not in bondage. I don't have mental problems. I don't have emotional problems. Well, that's, that's good, and that's right, and that's fair, and that's not a problem at all. Um, but if you, if you uh, deal with any level of fear, you're in bondage. If you deal with any level of stress, you're in bondage. If you deal with any level of um, depression, you're in bondage. If you deal with any level of insecurities, you're in bondage, uh, worry, anything like that. All of that comes from your enemy. None of it comes from God. None of it comes from God. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father above. Turn to Revelations 
turn to Revelations, uh, I believe it's chapter 12, that chapter 11. It's chapter 12, chapter 11, Lord. Somewhere in there. Chapter 12, verse 11. Well, actually, we're going to look at Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. Verse 10. I want you to see this here. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So notice it says right here, it says, for the accuser of whose brethren? Our, Our brethren. brethren. The accuser of the brethren. That means the sisters too. The accuser of the brethren is done what? He's cast down. Satan has already been cast out of heaven. Seven, Satan has already been cast out of heaven. He's on the earth. But even on the earth, his power is limited. Satan, you need to write this down. Satan has zero power over you. Satan has zero power over you. Unless, unless you give it to him. Do you hear me? Satan has zero power over you unless you give it to him. In other words, Satan has zero right to bring fear to your life. He has zero, he has no, he has no legal right or no legal position. He has, he's not entitled in any way, shape, or form to bring you fear, to bring you worry, to bring you anxiety, to bring you stress, to bring you depression, to bring you insecurity. Satan has no right to bring that to you because he has been cast down. And it says this, it says, which accused... The brethren before God day and night. Satan has no, he no longer, because of the victory of Christ, Satan no longer has access to the heavenly throne. No longer. He has no access. He doesn't get to go to the throne room of God and accuse us. But his character doesn't change. So now, day and night, he accuses us to our face. What do you mean? I've never seen Satan show up in my room and, and, and manifest and get in my face. No, that's true. But how he does come against you is through your thought life. Through your thought life. Now, our brain, hand me my little blue bag. This one? Yep, that one. Now, see, when you become born again, child of God, everything the devil has has been emptied away, washed away. There's nothing in there. But what Satan wants you to do, think of your brain as a container. He wants you to take this little container, and he wants you to put this container on. He wants you to put this container on, and then he wants to feed you thoughts. He wants to feed you thoughts like, nobody loves you, you don't matter, and then it goes. And you hold on to that thought. If you don't personally attack that thought immediately, that thought goes into your storage container, which is in your brain. Oh, so it goes in. Nobody cares about you. And then not only do you take that thought, but you actually go, you actually agree, you know, you're right, Satan. Nobody cares about me. Whoop. It goes in. And then here comes another thought. You know what? My dad was a little tough with me today. That means he doesn't care about me. Whoop. You know what? Mom was a little short with me and didn't take the time to listen to me. Whoop. You know what? 
My boss was just in a bad mood today and took it out on me. Boop. And guess what? Little by little, you become more and more weighted down. Trying to, and, and, and here's the deal. We make room. We sit here and we make room. room. I'm making room, yeah. Making room. Yep. You can't help but mess up. That's right. You're always a mistake. You're always screwing up. Everybody thinks you're dumb. Everybody sin and everybody lies. So why not you? Well, you can't help but mess up. And he takes that and he zips it up. And you hold on to it. And you carry it around. And you think, you know what? This is small. This is lightweight. I can carry this. But you carry it 24 hours a day. How would you like to sleep with this wrapped around your body? Would it be a very comfortable night's sleep? Carry it day in and day out? Hand me my next one, please. Then here comes... No, don't pick on me here. I didn't buy this. It was a gift. But here comes the secrets that nobody knows. Here comes the secrets that nobody knows. So, oh, if they only knew how hurt I was. If they only knew how I'm just so invisible. I don't matter. I don't measure up. Oh, I don't matter? And I don't measure up. Oh, if they knew that I smoked a cigarette, if they knew that I made out with that boy, if they knew that I looked at that pornography on the screen, if they knew that I cussed, if they knew the evil thoughts in my mind. If they knew that I lied and stole and cheated. If they knew I didn't read my Bible. If they knew I didn't pray. If they knew. Oh my gosh. If they knew. If they knew how much of a mess my house is. Yeah. (laughs) If, If they knew that I didn't have any money in the bank. If they knew that my underwear have holes in them. Do you believe it or not? This worries people. This worries people. If they knew that I only had three outfits in my closet. These are all secrets. All these little secrets. Don't tell anybody. Oh, if the pastor finds out you're dealing with stress, they're going to be mad at you. Oh, my gosh. Now, I'm carrying this 24-7. And these are small things so far. This is, this is, I'm carrying with, I'm carrying this with me. These are the accusations of Satan. And I'm carrying them with me all day, every day. I go to bed with these accusations on me. I go to work with these accusations on me. And then, hand me that bottle. And then I go to work. We haven't even talked about work. Oh my gosh, the boss wants me to do all of this work and I don't have enough time in the day. All of this. You grab the little bag? You sure you want it? Yeah. <laughs> because this is what happens. Because this is what happens. The workload, the workload becomes this. No, it's not. <laughs> the workload becomes this. The workload becomes this. 
I've got to get all of this work done. The business, the business will not make it if I don't finish my work. The business will fail if I don't show up and I don't do my part. My boss is going to fire me. And if I get fired, then how am I going to pay my bills? And if I can't pay my bills, how am I going to have electric? How am I going to take care of my kids? How am I going to do this? This is what Satan wants to do to you. This right here is what he wants to do with you. Only this isn't enough. This isn't enough. You've got your private little self-insecurities. You've got all your little secrets. You've got the load of work. And then, come on. And then, you've got the load of family and friends and church and every other thing in your life. And this is how Satan wants you to go through life. This is what he does. And it all becomes, it all comes Wait, on you like this. Of it behind. And it all comes on you like this. You want some books too? Go ahead. It all comes on you like this because Satan is accusing you. Yeah, figure it out. There you go. Go ahead. What is he trying to do? He's trying to weigh you down. He's trying to get you to collapse under the weight of it. Because if you can collapse under the weight of it, then he can slurp you up and take you into the pits of hell. Or he can take you to heaven prematurely. I'm not kidding. This is getting to be a little too much. <laughs> and at some point, you have to, at some point, you have to choose to say, Satan, I've had enough of you. Satan, I am not, I don't even know how to get out of this anymore. <laughs> Satan, I am not carrying this burden anymore. Satan, Jesus can have it. Jesus can have it. At some point you have to unload. But what happens most of the time, once you unload, oh, what you, happens most you, of you the time. You know what, I, I think I can still carry some of this. I think I'm going to carry some more. Yeah. Once you dump it, I got rid of most of it, but I can still take this. God doesn't need all of my stuff. But as long as you're carrying that, Satan's going to come right back along, and he's going to give you this right back, and he's going to give you all of that right back. I don't know how you stood up with all this stuff. (laughs) The power of Jesus, thankfully. But this is how you go through. This is how he wants you to go through life. Yeah, I don't know, Zach. You can help him at this point. You can. You can be the. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Load him and, up. And since you picked that up, why not pick up this too? Yeah. Yeah. I can hold you it. Know, I can. Do I can it. do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can get it. Right? I can do it. But this is this. This is. But do I have to? Every single one of these items represents a thought. Every one of these rep- rep- represents a thought. Every one of these. And sometimes we'll do this. Sometimes we'll go, I just need to lighten the load just a little bit, God. So, God, if you can just take this one thing, just take this one thing right here, and I can handle the load now. That's not much. That's not much at all. That's not much at all. I'm not sure how you keep standing. He's starting to tilt just a little bit. He's starting to tilt. But all of this represents the accusations of Satan. 
the accusations of Satan. And we can all think of these accusations. You're not good enough. You're not important enough. You what, don't matter enough. That's what your life looks like. That's what it looks like. You're walking around through life and stuff just falls off of you. And then the devil comes right along behind you and just piles it right back on you. And you know what? It falls all over your friends. It does. And your family. It does. And it your does. coworkers. It does. It falls all over them. It does. It you, absolutely you spill, does. You spill this. You spill this and you spew this stuff all over everyone. That's right. Is that the way you want to go through life? Shouldn't be. No. Because okay. see, God said He'd take all of this. He says, "You don't have to carry that. I got it." He okay. says, "He says, lay it all at my feet." And don't pick it back up. Yeah, my house. Listen, how much do you know? One of these bags is you have company coming to your house. And oh my God, my house isn't clean. You have family coming to visit you for the first time. And oh my goodness, all of a sudden you've got to go buy new furniture. And you've got to paint the house. <laughs> People get under this type of stress. I've seen them. They get under this type of fear. My sister, she was, she, I don't know what the deal was, but remember she was throwing the, the, the bridal shower, was it, a, it was a baby shower. It was a baby shower. And she was literally painting her house, changing light fixtures, and, uh, re, and, and putting in all new mob fixtures because the prior friend had just did a baby shower the month before, and their house was immaculate. So they had my sister thinking that her house had to look brand new and perfect. It's a baby shower. Your door handles don't matter. But she was so completely stressed out. And this is what the devil will do to you. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm sweating now. I was too. I was like, whew, Jesus. I want you to look at verse 8. This is why the accuser comes. This is why he comes. It says, be sober, be vigilant. God's telling us to be sober, be vigilant. But I don't want to talk about that point just yet. He said, but here's why. Because your adversary, your adversary, which is the the devil, devil, he's doing what? As as a roaring lion. He's he's roaring. He's, He's basically making a lot of noise in your mind and in your emotions. And in your life. And in your life, he's making a lot of noise, and he's doing it. He's walking about. He's over here, and he's going, roar at her, and roar at her, and roar at her. And he's looking for somebody that will respond. And when they respond, he really gets up in their face, and he really starts, just roaring and adding all of these accusations, seeking whom he may devour. Now, what does this mean? It means he is so busy looking at you, looking to see, he's looking for somebody that he can literally get them to collapse under the weight of what he's saying to the point that they're flopped on the floor, they're down here, flopped on the floor like a puddle, and he can just come along and slope them up like a slushie. Yes, Usher, come help me. I probably should have done that. That's okay. So in Ephesians, thank you, sir. Chapter six, 
But hold on. Do you understand? He wants to turn you into a slushy. Everything that you have been in your world has been, everything that's happened in your world has been there because he wants to make you a slushy. Everything that has happened in your world is because Satan wants to make you a slushy. Everything that he speaks to your mind is he wants to make you a slushy. Y'all joke about how with my youth, sometimes I'll just lick him just to lick him. Well, guess what? That's because it, it gets him in the right state of mind. But Satan literally wants to get you in the position of a slushy so that he can come along because he has no teeth, he has no arms, he has no feet, and he literally wants to come over and go and lick you up off the floor. That's what he wants to do. And that's where fear, worry, anxiety, insecurities comes from. Where so, are we going? So I, I know that Miss or Pastor Abby... Uh, her roar isn't really all that scary. No. But I want you to imagine how many uh, how many here have been next to a lightning strike when it went off. Whew. You cannot stand there. No. You cannot stand. You will move whether you whether you want to or not. You're going to move, and you're going to move quickly. So, but here's what the Bible says in Ephesians six, starting in in, in verse ten. It says, "Finally, breath, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's the, what's the Bible tell you to do? Stand against the wiles of the devil. So the, the devil goes around as a lion. And if, if, if you've He's ever been, been to He's the zoo or the circus and the lion roars right in front of you, you're going to have trouble standing. Yeah. But the Bible tells you to stand. And, and to do that, you have to put on the whole armor of God every day. If you, if you don't put on that armor, you're not going to be able to stand. You're going to flinch. You're going to move. And he's going to have you in a puddle on the floor. And, and he's going to be able to devour you. Do you know that there's only two reasons a lion roars? There's only two reasons. They do it because they're scared. And they do it in defense. So really, if they're defending themselves, it's because they're scared. Do you understand that? That's the only reason a lion roars is because fear is at the root of what he's got going on. He's in fear for his pride. He's in, not his pride as in our elevated pride, but his family. He's in fear for his family. He's in fear for his life. He's in fear, and that's why he roars. This is why it says Satan roams about the earth roaring like a lion because Satan is afraid. And he's trying to make you more afraid than he is. And how he is trying to make you afraid is with lies like you're not good enough. He's trying to tell you that he's trying to put you down and say that, you never, that you'll never measure up. That you're never going to be somebody. That, oh my God, you're going to cook a meal and everybody's going to hate it and your family's going to despise you. People deal with this stuff. People deal with, I used to deal with this. Literally, I used to be afraid. Like when we would have, I'd get so much physical anxiety when we would go do family hangouts because I thought, man, I'm just going so I can be rejected. Literally. I'm just going into this, I'm going into the situation so I can just literally be rejected. That's what Satan had me believing. And you know what? My family never rejected me. It was an emotion that Satan was putting on me. 
It was an emotion that Satan was putting on me. Because the reality is, is even though I grew up thinking I was completely unloved and unwanted, the truth is, is I was extremely loved. I can look back at my life and I can see now the love that my parents had for me. Now, was my life perfect? No. Did we have drama in my life? Yes. Was there bad things that happened? Yes. But at the end of the day, my family loved me. But yet, because of the accusations of Satan, I felt, this is why I will look you square in the eye and I will tell you, I don't care what you feel. Because I know personally that feelings lie. I've experienced it. Feelings will not tell you the truth. Feelings will respond to the lies of Satan if you do not put the lies down. If Satan whispers in your ear that you're unloved, you're unwanted, you don't matter, you're never going to me- measure up, you're never going to be anything, your boss is going to fire If you go down that rabbit hole with Satan, he will ha- your feelings will get in agreement with those thoughts. If you, if Satan says, nobody cares, listen, you will never get to the point of suicide in your life if you will put the thoughts of Satan in their place when they come. And put, did and, you hear and, me? And put the thoughts of God before your eyes. Did you. you hear me? Your adversary, listen to me, people. Listen to me, young people and older people. Listen to me. Satan wants you dead. If you will get in agreement with him, and drink yourself, drug yourself, purposely kill yourself, then you are working for him. He wants you dead, and the reason he wants you dead is because you have authority and power over him. He's afraid of you. Listen, all these snakes out here, why do you think, the snake don't show up at my house because he knows if he shows up, he's dead. You've got to have that same mentality about the devil. When the devil comes with a lie in your head, in your mouth, in, in your head, you cannot take it and put it and stuff it in the secret bag of your mind. Because if you stuff it in the secret bag of your mind, you will begin you will begin to eventually think on the things in that bag, and those things in that bag will begin to grow. You have to, this is why God said, submit to me, submit to God, submit to God, and do what? Ignore the devil. Does he say ignore the devil? No. Does he say ignore the devil? Listen, if somebody comes along and grabs you and snatches you up and wants to take you hostage, are you just going to lay there and go, well, if I pretend they're not here, they'll let me go? Then why do you do that with the devil? And that's what we do. Well, if I just, if I just take the feeling and I just stuff it in my secret bag, then eventually the devil will let me go. No, honey, if you take that thought and you stick it down in your secret bag, he's coming with another thought. And another thought. And another thought. Resist means you have to actively do something. Listen, speaking scriptures, confessing scriptures, will not put the devil on the run. That just shocked somebody. Confessing, the reason we confess our scriptures is to build our faith. Yes. 
It does, confessing scriptures does nothing for the devil. It's like when we go to cast out demons. Somebody's got a demon living on the inside of them. And we got to cast that thing out of them. And I get, I, get the, I, I get the church people around me. And every time I've had to say, stop praying in tongues. The devil doesn't listen to tongues. That's the language between you and God. We're dealing with the devil. Stop speaking to God and start commanding the devil. I'm telling you how to get victory over fear. I'm telling you how to get victory over anxiety, worry, depression. First of all, if you have not written this down in really big letters, you need to. Stop taking ownership. Stop it. Write it down. Really big letters. Put it on a board. Put it on your mirror. Put it, up, put it on your dash in your car. I will not take ownership of fear, worry, anxiety. Because when you say, my anxiety, listen, anxiety belongs to the devil. It's not ours. It's not ours. As far as I understand it, medical science cannot heal anxiety. As far as I understand it, medical science cannot heal it. Medical science can give you tools to cope with it, but they cannot heal it. And the reason they cannot heal it is because it is not a physical thing. It is a spiritual, it is rooted and grounded in the spirit. We have trees on our property, lots and lots of trees. Imagine that. Lots and lots of trees. And, and we've cut trees down off of the big property. We cut big poplars down and, and other trees. And you know what? Those poplars are back right where we cut them down. Why? Because we didn't take care of the root of the problem. And they sent off, what do you call, what do they call those things? Those stump sprouts. Stump sprouts. What is the other thing they call them? Suckers or something like that? That's tomatoes. Well, other plants have them too, don't they? I guess. Stump sprouts, suckers, whatever. If you don't deal with the root of the problem, the problem is going to keep coming back up. The root of your fear, the root of your worry, the root of your anxiety, the root of your insecurity, the root of depression, down at the root is a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. I I thought that the trees, they called them suckers. Apparently my tree guy is not in agreement with me, but... But, you know, but but here's the deal. Let's say they are called suckers. Okay. Let's, let's just say that those little parts that come back up are suckers. Here's the way I think of it. It's like the devil looking at you and going, sucker, you thought you got rid of me. Nope, here I am to suck more life out of you. Pretty much. You just, you just, 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 here's the deal. If I, I can get rid of one of the lies, but if you don't deal with every lie, They're just going to build right back up again. You have to deal with the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is Satan. The root of the problem is Satan. Mm -hmm. Go to... um, Oh, goodness. I just don't know where I want to be. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Let's go back to John 14. John 14.
John 14, verse 26 and 27. Let's read that. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, and peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. But let not your or let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus left his peace with you. Where did he leave his peace? In our hearts. In our spirit. In our spirit. Which means that you are never without peace. Never. Never. Which means peace is in you 24-7, no matter what you're facing, no matter what lies are coming your way, no matter what. On the inside, you, the real you, is always at peace. I'll tell you a little story about the roller coaster. Well, before we go there, before we go there, uh, let's go to uh, Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at this. Now, you don't want to miss the, the, the uh, roller coaster. Galatians 5.22 says this. In the pages, I don't know what happened to them. There they go. 5.22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Which is patience. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. Against such there is no law. So because I dealt with such low self-esteem and such extreme insecurity, I had a lot of worry, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. So the first fruit that I wanted to develop in my life was the peace of God. Because Jesus said he left us peace. And here it says the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, and peace. Well, love seemed unobtainable to me at that point. And joy, well, that was just foreign, but peace is what I knew I needed. How much you know the absolute opposite of fear is peace? Fear is, the opposite of, of fear is peace. So because I dealt with so much fear, I used to, I, I walked around. I'm telling you how to get the victory. You need to write these things down because I'm telling you how to get the victory over these things in your life. I walked around and repeatedly said, you need to write it down talking to you you need to write it down you need to repeat out of your mouth continually non-stop write it down you need to say can, can repeatedly out of your mouth i have the peace of god 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 and you well okay i said it five times that's enough no it's not because Satan is talking in your ears nonstop. And if you're saying, I have the peace of God out of your mouth, then your brain cannot receive the lies of Satan. This is a tactic. If you keep your mouth moving, Satan cannot be talking to your brain. This is a, ta this is a tactic. Here's one of the steps. Keep your mouth moving with the word of God. Write it down. Keep your mouth moving with the word of God. Write it down. Because you're going to go, I got it, but we're going to walk out of here. Satan's going to come immediately, and you're going to go, I don't remember the steps. Write it down. Keep the word of God in your mouth continually. Is that not what Joshua 1.9 tells us to do? So continually, I would say, I have the peace of God. 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 Well, 
our, our pastors put us in charge of the youth. And our pastors wanted to take, wanted us to take our youth on an outing. So we said, okay, we're going to take our youth on an outing. We asked our youth, where do y'all want to go? They said, we want to go to Six Flags, Miss Robbie, Mr. Mike, we want to go to Six Flags. I said, okay, well, that's going to be a little intimidating. I haven't been on a roller coaster in several years. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. The last time I had been on a roller coaster was shortly after my stepdad died. And my grandfather was in a nursing home. And mom was completely stressed out. And I thought, you know what? Let's be a kid again. You know, mom always had fun. And one thing that mom and Richard used to love to do with us when we were kids is they liked to take us to the state fairs and the carnivals and get on the roller coasters and things like that. So my best friend and I, we decided we were going to take mom to Bush Gardens before they lost their mind, of course. Uh, and so we went to Bush Gardens. And uh, we got on the, we we went and got on this roller coaster, and Mom started going, I don't know about this, girls. I don't know about this. Now at this point, we had not learned anything about Jesus, and so he, she was. I was like, Mom, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, this was always our go-to, even though we hadn't been serving the Lord. Um, but now we were kind of working our way that way. Not really, but our go-to was always God's got us. God's got us. It'll be fine. You can go do something completely idiotic and God's got us. How much you know that's the way the world thinks? That's what we thought. So my friend and I got mom and we got on this roller coaster and I don't know how this happened. But there were four seats on the row, you know, it was four, four seats in the row. And there was a guy and then there was my mom and then there was my friend and then there was me. And I couldn't hear mom and I couldn't see mom and I couldn't check on mom. All I could hear while the roller coaster was rolling was, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I couldn't hear anything at all. And I thought, oh, my God, she's dead. So I kept asking my friend, is she okay? Is she okay? Is she breathing? Is she breathing? Is she okay? And my friend's going, I think so. I think so. I think so. And so the roller coaster finally comes to a halt, and I'm like, get me out of this thing. And I look at my mom, and she is white. There is zero color in my mom at all. And she is literally, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, she's trembling and she's going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She's like practically hyperventilating. And the guy that was on a roller coaster with her was like, I think it's been a few years for you. And she's like, yeah, oh, I don't know, this is okay. I don't know. He said, honey, he said, honey you're going to be okay. He said, I was just like you a little while back. He said, the answer is you just get in on another one and you do it again. And I was going, ain't no way. No, I, said, I don't know. I, don't. I mean, we stood there for a while, and then finally we got her down the ramp. And you know, they take that picture at the most terrifying moment, right? You take that picture at the most terrifying moment, and I said, "Okay, let's just see how bad this was." I am not exaggerating when I say that Mom had a hold of those things, and she was literally white knuckling it so bad that even though she was extremely white, her knuckles were even whiter. Her eyes were as literal. I didn't know your eyes could get that big. It looked like something out of a cartoon, and and the the, the look of fear on her face. She was like, Ugh. I mean, it was bad. And she's like, please don't get that picture. Please don't get that picture. I wish I had gotten the picture. Because it was bad. So fast forward several years. We've gotten a hold of God. I'm working on the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God. I've got the peace of God. I've learned to say when, I, when fear and anxiety strikes, I, when, fear start, when fear tries to grasp, I just say, I'm a child of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. So we get to Six Flags. And the boys are like, we're going. 
Yeah, I think the, it was the Batman. The I Batman, think that was the yeah. newest ride at that time. It was the newest, hottest roller coaster at that time. And so they're like, we're going to the Batman. And we got there like right when the park opened. And so they're like, they're bypassing everything. They're like running through the park. And we're like trying to catch up with them, right? And so, and mom's going, I'm not getting on the roller coaster. I'm not getting on the roller coaster. I'm not getting on the, I said, mom, you don't have to. You don't have to. Just come on. We're, we're just getting to the line. Well, the boys shot into this thing that looks like a warehouse. And, and, it, and it's got the cattle cart thing, you know, the cattle corral things. And so we're going, and there's nobody in line, so we're dodging underneath them, you know. And, and Dom's going, is this the roller coaster? Is this the roller No, Mom, this isn't the roller coaster. We're just getting to where the roller coaster is. It's just a shortcut. It's fine. And all of a sudden, the and boys. We li- and we literally thought that. Yeah, we, I mean, I wasn't lying to her. I truly thought we were taking a shortcut. And all of and because of the, that's what the boys kept saying. It's a shortcut, Miss Ann. It's a shortcut. It's okay. This isn't the line. And then all of a sudden, they bust through the door, and the blinding light comes in, and we get past the blinding light, and there sat the roller coaster. There was no line. There was no line. <laughs> So the boys bust through the door, and they, and they go, come on, Miss Ann, are you getting on this thing? And now she's torn. I don't want to let the boys down, but I'm terrified. And everybody, and the, and the, and the attendants are like, okay, you're here. You've got to get on. You've got to get on. And she's like, can I pass through? And they've already locked the first person in, and she can't squeeze past them. And I'm like, Mom, I think you're going on this roller coaster. <laughs> And she's like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I started saying, Mom, 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 pay attention. Look to me, look at me, look at me. What, what, I can't, I can't. I said, Mom, start saying, I have the peace of God. She'd go, I have the peace of God. Oh, my God, oh, my God. I said, Mom, say, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. Oh, my God. I said, Mom, keep saying, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God, I have the peace of God. Oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm not exaggerating. This is how this went down. I am not exaggerating. And I said, Mom. Just keep saying, I have the peace of God. And she'd go. I said, and don't stop. And so she went, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. They're locking everything down. They're getting everything locked down. You, you, and we're and I'm going, you're going to be okay. She's going, I got this. You know, because she said it about 20 times now. She's like, okay, I got this. I have the peace of God. I'm okay. It's okay. I got this. God's got me. It's okay. The roller coaster started to move. Oh, my God. Mom, breathe. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I said, just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. And every once in a while, she'd burst out. And I go, no, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. And then, of course, you know, the roller coaster gets loud. So now she's got to get loud. And I got to get loud to get her loud. So we're sitting there. This roller coaster's going click, 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 click. And I'm going, I have the peace of God. And Mom's going, I have the peace of God. And, 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 and then the boys figured out what was going on. And the boys started going, Miss Ann, we've got the peace of God. You know, as the roller coaster's going. And so through the whole entire roller coaster, you hear, I have the peace of God. But as how we got done, every single person on the, uh, on the roller coaster was screaming, I have the peace of God. And even the people on the ground were screaming, I have the peace of God. Mom gets off that, off that roller coaster. And I thought, oh, my God, thank God we survived. <laughs> and we get in it and bless you off in the gift shop. And the boys go, come on, let's go to the next one. And Miss Ann goes, how was it bad? She goes, I was on the roller coaster. There was a green one. 
That one looked more my speed. That looked more like what I'm used to. And the boys went, oh, Miss Ann, that's the Riddler. You want to go on the Riddler? She said, yeah, let's go do the Riddler. We got on that thing. That thing and now awful. I needed the piece of God. That thing was awful. <laughs> because that thing beats you to death and boxes your ears and everything else. And I got off that ride and Mom said, man, that was great. And I went, oh, my God, never again, Jesus. But here's the deal. She got victory over the fear and the anxiety because she kept the word of God in her mouth. That's how you're going to get over fear. That's how you're going to get over anxiety. That's how you're, because when you say, I have the peace of God, you are letting Satan know that God is on the inside. His spirit dwells in in you and that you are resisting him. So when fear and worry and anxiety come, you need to begin to say, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. When depression comes, you need to say, I have the joy of God. I have the joy of God. I have the joy of God. When people, when the devil comes and says, nobody loves you, that is an absolute, complete, and utter lie. God, the creator of the universe, Jesus, the one that died for you, the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you, they love you completely and utterly. And every other person that's born again into the family of God, they love you because that love dwells in them. The reality is, is every person that is in the family of Christ loves you. So when Jesus, when Satan says nobody loves you, the right answer is everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. If he says nobody, how much do you know the opposite of nobody is everybody? It is. When he says your family's better off without you, the absolute complete the absolute complete truth is your family would not know what to do without you. That's the truth. When, when the devil says, nobody wants you, the truth is, is you are not just somebody, but everybody wants you and needs you. When the devil tells you nobody needs you, that's when you need to bow up. That's when you need to say out of your mouth, Satan, thank you for that lie. Mock him to his face. Because if you're telling me that, I'm be- that, that, that my family would be better off without me de- with me dead, then that means my family absolutely needs and requires me. You just flat told me the truth in your lie. You've got to learn to stand against the lies. And the reason, listen, you want to know why the devil, you want to know why the devil wants to get you to lie? You want to know why lying is a problem in your life? Because if you choose to lie, Number one, it gives Satan access to your life. And number two, if you, uh, if you will consistently speak lies out of your mouth, when you speak the truth, you won't, you won't believe well, it. Well, when you, when you, when you, when you speak lies out of your mouth, you, uh, eventually you, you get the reputation or the, uh, uh, get the reputation That's of not medicine. speaking the truth. And when, and when you have a reputation for not speaking the truth, eventually you get to the place where you can't even believe what you're saying. That's and true. if you can't believe what you're saying, how can you stand in faith? That's right. You can't. That's right. Go to Romans 8.15. Okay. Romans 8.15. Because we're talking about how to overcome these things. You have to recognize what's at the root of it to begin with. You have to understand what is at the root of your fear. What is at the root of your fear? 
if you have done something wrong, because this is a big thing, if somebody finds out what you've done wrong, the consequences are going to be more than you can handle. That's a big, that's a big deal. That, that's a big lie. That is a huge lie. If Satan will say things like, you didn't hit the car. Your husband, your spouse, your parents, they're going to be so mad at you. They are, you are never going to be allowed to drive again. Again, you're never going to have that ability again. Honestly, most of the time, they're going to look at you and go, are you okay? Are you okay? I mean, they might get a little mad because now, oh, my gosh, it's going to cost them more money. Or now they've got to get you another car because you crashed your car or something. But you know what? It's just a tool. At the end of the day, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. Brianna was with me when I crushed the car, when I crushed the door on the car, and the car wasn't even, what, a year old? Not even a year old, and I crushed the car, the door on the car. And I thought, oh, my God, my husband is going to just absolutely have a meltdown. I, he's not going to be didn't. good. But I went to him, and I said, honey, and he looked at it, and he gave, he gave me a hug. He gave me a hug, and he said, honey, it's okay. It's just a car. He said, that's what insurance is for. He said, I mean, yeah, our insurance is going to go up a while. It's going to cost us. But you know what? It's okay. It's just what matters is, is nobody's injured. But Satan, if I had allowed him, Satan would have had me in so much fear and panic, I would have gone and ran in the bathroom, locked myself in the door, and said, I guess this is where I'm living. You know, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, just come on. So look at Romans eight sixteen. Sixteen? No, no. Let's, let's go back to 13. Okay, 13. <laughs> For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But, but if, ye, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Get your body under control. Getting your body under control, guess what? This thing up here, your brain, is part, part of your of the body. body. You've got to get it under control. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We have to learn to live out of our spirit. Out of our spirit. If we live out of our brain, if we live out of our emotions, Satan will eat our lunch day in and day out. We have to learn to live out of our spirit. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we call... We cry, Abba, Father. Notice it says, you have not received. In other words, God, if you belong to God, God did not give you this following thing. The spirit the of bondage. The spirit of bondage. And the spirit of bondage brings fear. So if you are dealing with fear, if you are dealing with worry, if you are dealing with anxiety, if you are dealing with depression, if you are dealing with addiction, if you are dealing with, um, honestly, most people that have addiction to uh, alcohol, marijuana, whatever else, tobacco, whatever, most of the time they're doing those things because, so that they can cope with fear. Literally. They don't want to face the things that, that cause them fear in their life. They don't want to face their emotional drama, and they're, afra they're afraid to, to cope with it, and therefore they drink, smoke, and puff, and shoot up their way out of it. That's just the spirit of bondage. 
That's what that is. He said, God said, you have not received a spirit of bondage or a spirit of fear. And I keep driving this point. If you're dealing with those things, it is a spirit problem. Yes, it manifests in the natural. The fear, the worry, the anxiety, the heart racing, the palpitations, the sweating, the, the upturned stomach, the emotional side of it. That is the natural manifestation of what is happening in the spirit. That's what it is. And therefore, you have to recognize this spirit is not for me. This spirit was not given to me by the Father God. Instead, I have received the spirit of adoption. In other words, I have received the spirit of the Holy Ghost. I am a descendant of God Almighty through adoption. Through, I've been adopted through Jesus Christ, and therefore my spirit is a child of God. And my spirit is the real me. Therefore, I am a child of God. I'm not a child of Satan, and Satan has no right to me. And that, therefore, I can cry, Abba, Father. That's right. Or I can call on my Father. That's right. So what do we do? When, the, when fear, worry, and anxiety comes along, we don't say what the devil says. Never say what the devil says. Write it down. Never say what the devil says. Write it down. Never say what the devil says, not even in your head. Not even in your head. If you, receive, if you, if you say it, you receive it. Don't say what the devil says, not even in your head. When the devil says, says man, you have blown it now, they are going to just, they're going to, oh, they're going to put, they're just going to, they are going to just they're rip never you from one end to the other end. You just, don't say that. Say, I have mercy and grace in the Father. I have mercy and grace in the Father. And they say, you're not loved. Satan, if you're telling me I'm not loved, that means I'm greatly loved. You've got to get your mouth working. And you've got to get your mouth saying the right things, so, not the wrong things. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, yes. in verse 4, or starting in verse 4, it says, For the weapons are of our warfare, well, let's start in 3. For <laughs> though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Second Corinthians, give us a chance to get there, honey. Chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, y'all. Yep, 10, verse 3. Sorry, slowing down. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10, three. I mean, verse, verse 3. three. Alright. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Quit fighting your mind and your emotions. Quit fighting them. Well, does that mean I just lay down and take them? No. It means you take control over them and you tell them what to think and what to feel. Did you hear me? Write it down. Write it down. You take control over your thoughts and your feelings and you tell them what to think and what to feel. And, and how can we do this? Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. These are the strongholds of our thoughts. Right. We can pull them down through God. Verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And here's a lie that Satan likes to use because he tried to use it on me. Well, you don't know everything that God says. 
I don't have to know everything that God says. I don't have to know the, the fullness of the word. I only need to know a few things. All I need to know is that I'm a child of God. Amen. All I need to know is that God loves me. Yes. And if God Amen. loves me, then the family of God loves me. That's all I, 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 just, I need to know that I'm a child of God. I need to know that I am loved. I need to know that through Christ I win in every situation. I need to know that God hears me. Right. I mean, based on those few, those few things, I know that God is good and Satan is bad. Based on that little bit right there, every single thought that comes to my mind, I can put it down. When the devil comes and says, you're going to get fired. Uh, excuse me, Satan. Every word that comes out of your mouth is a lie. So if you're telling me that I'm going to get fired, guess what? I get promoted. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. Come on. If you understand that, that Satan is a liar, if you understand that the thoughts that come in your mind are nothing but lies, you've got everything that you need to counteract them. If it's bad, if it's evil, how much do you know? The idea of losing your job is bad. Guess what? He, hmm, I wonder if that was God. I wonder if that's my mind. I wonder if that's my emotions. I wonder if it's from Satan. Does this scripture say casting down every imagination that's from Satan? Does it say that? No. It says casting down imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against what? The knowledge Your of God. Your knowledge of God. Your knowledge is God is good. Listen. Fear. Anxiety. I'm going to be on this medicine all the days of my life. Guess what? That goes against the, 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 that goes against the knowledge of God. Because the scripture says that who God sets free, he, he sets free indeed. So when you go to take your medicine, I deal with this. When you go to take your medicine, you pop your medicine in your mouth. You say, Father, I thank God that you set me free. Because whom you set free, you set free indeed. I take my medicine and I move on. Uh, there's no point in getting in fear, worry, and anxiety that I'm going to take it all the days of my life. Because here's the deal. If I don't get set free in this life, I will most certainly be set free in the next life. So, therefore, it's already done. Uh, one thousand of our years is one day to God. My idea of, oh, my gosh, it's been three days and God hasn't moved. That's like two seconds of God's time. Two seconds of God's time. And you're going, okay, I guess God doesn't care about me. Stop it. That's ridiculous. Silliness. Keep going. All right, so casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, God wouldn't tell us to do things if we couldn't do it. He gives us the ability to overcome. He gives us the ability to cast down imaginations and to bring thoughts into captivity. Now, Just because a thought comes into your head does not mean you have to sit there and think on it. Correct. It doesn't mean you have to speak it out of your mouth. It doesn't mean you, have, you have to take it into your heart. That, that you have to take it seriously or get in fear of it. You, you, if you know that that's not the way your God is, then you just go, "Hey, thought that doesn't line up with what God says." It's, and I'm gonna and, and I'm taking you into captivity. You you cannot influence my life. You will not cause me to be in fear. You will not cause me to have doubts. I love the Lord my God. I follow the Lord my God, and He loves me. Write this statement down. Write this down. 
I don't see pens and papers in your hand. Write this statement down. It's the most freeing statement you'll ever have in your life. You ready? Freeing statement, you say? Most freeing statement you'll ever have in your life. Satan, shut up. Write it down big and bold. Satan, shut up and get out of here in Jesus' name. Seriously. If I'm spending time with you and all of a sudden you say, Satan, shut up and get out of my brain or get out of here in Jesus' name, I'm not going to look at you and go, excuse me. I'm going to go, good job. Here's the deal. When you first start taking authority over your thoughts, you're going to have to do it a lot. There were days that I told Satan to shut up probably 300 times. But honestly, I probably don't have time to shut up and get out of my mind more than a few times a month at most. At most. Because the more you resist him, the more you exercise authority over him, the more you exercise your dominion over him, the more he will leave you alone. Now, I want to look at this scripture. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing them into captivity by quoting scriptures. No. Is that what it says? Nope. Uh... Casting down imaginations through prayer. Is that no. what it says? No. Nope. Casting down imaginations by ignoring them. Does it no, say that? No, that doesn't work either. Casting down imaginations by receiving them in the secret place of the heart and pretending like they don't exist. Does it say that? No. It, these are, this is an action verse. It says to cast down. That means, to, y'all like the ashtray story, right? The ashtray story where Pastor Mike got me real mad and I took the big, heavy, marble, crystal, whatever it was. It was probably five or ten pound ashtray. And I threw it at his head and I was aiming to kill him before I was living for Christ. Remember that? Guess what? Casting down is the same image of you grabbing that ashtray and throwing it in Satan's head and aiming to kill him. You've got to put some oomph in it. You've got to put some work in it. You've got to put some vigor in it. You've got to take that thing. Have you ever gotten mad at something and just, just with everything you had, got it away from you? That's what casting down is. Casting means to violently remove it from your presence. Violently remove it from your presence. Cast it down. Your imaginations. Guess what? That includes your thoughts. Your feelings, the movies in your head, the emotions, it all goes against God. If it goes against every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, if it's anything that goes against God, throw it down violently. And then don't only throw it down violently, but take that same thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. It's not enough to just say, I don't receive that. That is not enough. It is not enough because all you're doing is casting. It says to cast and then to bring into obedience, which means I don't care what a lie is. I don't care what the lie is. My parents are going to be so upset with me. They are going to just ground me. I remember being scared of getting grounded, but you know what? I deserved it. Let's be honest. I deserved it. I broke the rules. And honestly, they didn't beat me into a bloody pulp. They restricted me to show me that life has consequences. And you know what? It helped me down the road because I figured out, 
and figured out something amazing. I don't like consequences. I like blessings. I don't like consequences. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. So, it says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, if Satan says, man, you blew it now. Say, so, you know what, Satan? You're right. I did mess up. But I've repented with God. I've repented with my I'm going to go repent with my parents. I'm going to get this thing right. I'm going to suffer the consequences. My parents, because they're good, loving parents, are going to have mercy and grace on me. And they're going to correct me, which shows me that they love me. Because God is a God who corrects those whom he loves. And if my parents correct me, then I'll know that they love me. And it's going to be okay. What am I doing? I'm taking the thought and I'm bringing into obedience of Christ. You messed up on the job. Man, my boss is going to be so mad. My boss is going to fire me. Well, you know what? If you did something bad enough to deserve to be fired, take it. Okay. I brought it on myself. I chose. I knew what the expectation was, and I chose to break the rules. So, okay, now i got to deal with the consequences. Guess what that just taught me? Don't do that again. Follow the rules. Okay. Praise God. Well, you're just no good. Nobody loves you. Well, Satan, how much you know? That is an absolute lie. Bring that thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, I'm just not a good cook, and I, my family's going to get so tired of eating the same things all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Guess what? My family's going to be thrilled that they didn't have to be the ones to cook it. Father, I thank you that you make every meal that I cook to taste good because you know that I do it with a loving heart. Father, I thank you for good ideas. You've got, it's not enough to just cast the thought. You have to bring the thought into the agreement of God. So I'm teaching you how to get the victory. I'm teaching you. Well, everybody thinks that you're just stupid. Well, my wife doesn't think I'm stupid. My parents don't think I'm stupid. God doesn't. God made me and God makes no stupid thing. Do you ever think about that? For, for, for you to sit there and go, yeah, I'm just stupid. You're degrading the work of God. No. God doesn't make stupid things. Therefore, I'm not stupid. You've got to learn to talk these things out. You've got to learn to bring them into captivity. I want you to go to 1 Peter 5. Let's go to 1 Peter 5. I'm going to look at this real quick. Okay. I've got a lot of scriptures. I don't think I'm going to get through all of them. First Peter 5. And uh, I want to pick up right here in verse 6. Mm-hmm. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. First Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. A lot of times you end up with all of this baggage because you refuse to humble yourself and acknowledge that you need God. You, pull, you say, I can handle this. I can do this. I can fix it. It's a weight that I can handle. And you take on the weight of one of Satan's lies. And then you take on the weight of a second lie. And then you take on the weight of a third lie. And before you know it, you've got all of this junk 
piled on top of you and you're stumbling through life going, I'm just really stressed out. I'm just really feeling very anxious these days. Humble yourself and admit that you need God. Some of the most worry-filled people I've ever met in my life say, no, no, God, I can handle it. No, humble yourself and say, God, I can't do this without you. Pride comes before a fall because people will not, because people just keep taking stuff and taking stuff and taking stuff. And eventually, everything that they've taken on themselves, they cannot handle. When you say, no, no, it's okay, I got this, and you stuff it inside, that's pride. When you say, no, no, I can do this, I don't, have, I don't need anybody's assistance, that's pride. That's saying, God, I don't need you. Listen to me. Even, adults, if your parents are still here, your parents are here because God has them here to be a help to you. Sometimes you just need the wisdom of a parent. Sometimes, parents, you just need the wisdom of a child. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you need the wisdom of your pastor. I don't want to go talk to the pastor. I don't want the pastor to have a bad opinion of me. Are you kidding me? That's what my job is. My job is to take care of you and your drama. It is not, it is not the job of your church people to be your garbage can. They're not anointed for that job. They don't have the ability of God to deal with you like your pastor does. Quit using your Christian friends as their pastor. They don't stand in that office. Stop it. I see this all the time. I've watched it for years. I guess, actually, I guess I get to technically say I've watched it for decades. Technically. I watch this. Rather than go to the pastor who's anointed and gifted to help you in your drama, they go to the person that's close to the pastor and then they do this to them they go yeah like like close-knit like oh oh you're close to the past hey hey I, you you and the pastor y'all got really going on but shh, don't tell them what i'm dealing with don't tell them this is just between us you're gonna help me out of this they're not gifted for that and now you not only have you put your not only have you put your satan drama on them I mean, you not only are you carrying it, but you're like, you're like, you're like, oh, here's my drama, Derek, here. Here, I want you to carry this for me, and don't, and whatever you do, just hold on to it and carry it for me. I'll be back in a while. And you know what you people do? You go, sure, honey, I'll take it for you. You want to go, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. This does not but concern me. Go to the pastor. You want me to go to the pastor? I'll go with you. But no, I'm not. Listen. 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 Humble yourself. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. If you will humble yourself and be honest with what you're dealing with. Listen, and I don't blame everybody in the church because, honestly, a lot of pastors have said, listen, Christians, we don't have any problems. Don't let the world see your problems. Are you kidding me? Christians have more problems than sinners because the devil's out to kill us. Notice that it says, um, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time. Does how he, do you do this? Does, does he say he's going to do that instantly? No, he says in due time. But notice there's a colon, which means he's going to tell you how to humble yourself. Yep. The first thing you do, verse 7, is cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, I have done this. I've said this, and I've rattled some feathers before. Some people have gotten upset with me or frustrated with me or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's the situation. But here's the truth of the situation. And then they get mad, and then they're mad at me because I'm not upset that they're mad at me. You understand what I just said? Uh-uh. Didn't understand what I said. I knew somebody didn't catch it. I heard, I heard it in the spirit. You come to me with a problem. I tell you how to handle the problem. You don't handle the, the problem the way you need to handle it. And then I'm like, well, you did this to yourself. And then they're mad at me. Because I don't have sympathy for them, and then they're like, "Why are you not? Why, why are you not care? Why do you not care that I'm mad at you?" And it's and it's not and it's not like it's the first time she's told you either when she does that. It's like the fifth or the sixth or the seventh or the eighth. Look, look at what look at what the scripture tells me to do. Cast all my care. Cast all my fear, cast all my worry, cast all the anxiety, cast all the insecurity, cast it all upon Jesus. Why? Because he cares for me. Amen. Because he cares for me. So when the devil comes along and the devil says, you got a math test today, you're going to fail it for sure. Satan, I done studied. Satan, I've done put the knowledge in me. I've got the Holy Ghost in me. The Holy Ghost brings all things to my remembrance. I can do this. I got this. I'm not caring. Satan, I refuse to carry the care of that. Care? I don't care. I'm going to carry the care of it. Driving down the road, the blue lights go off. <gasps> care and worry. <gasps> Fear and anxiety. You know what? Father, I thank you that I have, I, Father, I thank you that I have favor. I've already prayed. I've already believed. I thank you for favor. Father, there's a, you know, I, yep. I, was not, I wasn't paying attention. I was distracted. Lord, I'm sorry. Guess what? Believe for favor. Believe for favor. It'll give you favor. You might get a citation, but hopefully you'll get it for less than what you were getting it for, which is what happened to me. And I'll go to court and I'll even, you know, I'll believe for favor. Just believe for favor. Cast the care. But I'll tell you what will happen if you don't cast the care. Speaking about tickets. Speaking about tickets. Last ticket I got was a few years back, several years back. Y'all know about it. Most of y'all do. I got a ticket, and honestly, it was in an area up here in Tennessee going to Gatlinburg, and it's where the speed limit would go from like like 65 or 70, and then all of a sudden it would drop very quickly to 45, and then like all of a sudden you're in, and then like it's back up again to 65 or 70, and it's like you have to keep fluctuating the thing, and then there's schools along the route too, and so then all of a sudden you're like, you've dropped down to 45, but the next thing you know you're in a school zone at 25 miles an hour, and what have you, and so I was going through here early in the morning, and uh, I, I slowed down, but apparently I didn't slow down far enough, fast enough, or whatever. And I got pulled over and I got a ticket. And I truly, with everything in me, felt like the officer uh, meant to get the car next to me and not me because there was a car exactly like mine that just passed, like they flew past me. And I thought, this is just wrong. This is so wrong. So I prayed and I believed God for favor, went to court. Had my husband with me, and I said, honey, whatever you, and he had his, he he just gotten off of work. He wasn't wearing it to be showy or anything. He just come straight from work, so he had his forest service, 
uniform and everything on. So we went into the courtroom. This is how I mean, this is how Satan will take you down if you're not careful. And so go in there. And they're calling everybody, and everybody's gone. Like, they're acting like court's closed, and I'm still sitting there waiting. And I'd ask my husband, I'm like, what do, you, what do I need to say? What do I need to do? Just tell me what to do. And he said, just, he said, just don't say anything. And I thought he was telling me not to say anything because I thought he was telling me that because he didn't know what to say. Because he, 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 he said something along the line. He said, he, said, he said it's something like, I don't know, just be quiet, I guess, is what he said. And I thought. Something close to that. I thought, wow, husband, that's real stinking helpful and uh now this was several years ago several years ago and uh so and all these officers come in the room and i thought dear lord in heaven it was a small speeding ticket like what in the world i felt like i was being intimidated and they all come in and then they finally get around they call my case and they come up to the front i go up to the front and they say well ma'am uh if it's all right with you we're just going to dismiss your ticket unless you have something to say and i was like no i don't have anything to say i'm standing there and all like praise god god's got me and he did but this is how satan will get you i was already feeling the emotion of fear Feeling the emotion of worry, there was that emotion there, and the judge kept goading me. Do you have anything to say? Are you sure you don't have anything to say? Are you sure? And more officers kept coming in the door. Are you sure you don't have anything to say? If you have something to say, you can say something. But if you don't have anything to say, we're going to dismiss the ticket. And he kept pushing, and he kept goading. And I took the bait. And when I took the bait and I had what I had to say, the officer pulled out his report and wrote a very detailed report on the back of my ticket that I didn't have a copy of. Needless to say, my ticket did not get reduced. My ticket did not get dismissed. And I had to pay the full fine, and I took the full points on my license. But here's the deal. I could have just began. I, I, I should have, rather than listening to up here, rather than listening to the emotion, I should have just stood and stayed in the peace of God. Let God handle it. And let God handle it. And we would have walked out of there and not even paid a ticket. But see, in that situation, I did not cast my care. She didn't leave it there anyways. I, I mean, I did. I had casted it. I had casted my care. I gave it to God. And every time, listen, that morning I was getting ready. I was taking my shower. And that fear started to grip me. And I said, Satan, and this is what I said out of my mouth. I said, Satan, I refuse to carry the care. I've already cast it over onto Jesus. I've already asked for God to vindicate me. I've already got my victory. I'm not going down. I'm going into that court. And I'm having favor. I had my victory. It was in my hand. But I went right there at the critical moment. I walked over to the altar of God. I picked up the lies of Satan, and I responded to them. Let me teach you about this, about care. You can carry care, fear, worry, and anxiety with you everywhere you go. And you can say, no, Jesus, I'm going to hand that to you, and I'm going to put it on the altar, and I'm going to leave it with you. I'm going to cast it there. But what 99% of people do is they walk, they start to walk out of the church, and they go, hold on, and they run back, and they take it right off the altar, and they carry it back with them. How are you picking up the bag? You are not controlling your thoughts. You're not. You're not, but you pick the thoughts back up. 
That's how Satan gets you, is he gets you to pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, pick them up. You can't do that. You've got to cast the care. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but, but Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my mind. You don't know the chaos and the fears and the worries and the anxieties and all the pains and all the hurts. And, and after a while, you start hearing some violin music playing. But, but, but bear with me. I don't. I don't know all the things that are going on in your life. I have an idea of some of the things, but I don't know. But here's the thing. For a little while, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with it. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to cast that stuff down constantly, casting it down, casting it down, casting it down. But here's something that will help you. If you go to Philippians 4, Philippians chapter 4, there, the, the, the Bible gives you something to do to help with this. Hold your place in First Peter because we're coming back to it. But Philippians 4. All right. So in Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. If you are constantly rejoicing in the Lord, Satan cannot talk to your brain. Seriously. It's a step. Constantly rejoice. Constantly talk about the goodness of God. Constantly tell God about how good he is. Constantly talk about all the good things that he's done for you. Constantly. If you're talking, Satan is not able to penetrate your mind. And when you lay those things down, when you lay those things down, rejoice that the Lord's handling it for you. That's right. Thank him for handling it for you. Thank him for taking that away from you and fixing it. And making it to where you never have to deal with it again. And it goes on, and it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, which means don't worry about it. Don't carry the care. Do not carry the care. You're, here's, here's how you're going to get over fear, worry, anxiety, insecurities. Write it down. Write it down. Do not carry the care. Refuse to carry the care. Refuse. When Satan gives you a thought that causes you to feel fear, to feel worry, to feel anxiety, you say out of your mouth, I refuse to carry the care of it. I refuse to carry the care of it. Satan, I'm not carrying the care of that. I'm not carrying it. God's got it. I laid it down at his feet. I don't have to worry about it. That Hagen I'm talk- not going to. That Hagen talked about how you remember he had multiple heart defects and different things that God raised him off of the deathbed from. Well, he was laying in the bed one night, and Satan started coming to him, and Satan started talking to him and, uh, about, how, uh, his, uh, about how the heart disease was back and how uh, God wasn't going to heal him anymore, that he'd gotten all the healings he was going to get. And so Dad Hagen was laying in the bed. And he, and he didn't want to disturb anybody around him or anything, so he pulled the covers up over his head, and he just started to go, ha, 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 ha. And the devil said, what are you laughing at? And he, Dad Hagen said, you? He said, me? What are you laughing at me for? He said, oh, he said, because you ain't nothing but a liar. And Satan said, what do you mean I ain't nothing but a liar? He said, you told me I wasn't going to get healed. Satan said, that's right, you ain't getting healed. He said, and Dad went back to laughing, ha, 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 ha. He said, no, Satan, I didn't say I was going to get healed. I said I was healed. 
Satan said, oh, you think you're healed, huh? He said, uh, why don't you reach over there and you uh, feel your heart. You can, you can physically feel it beating and all lumpity-lump and flumpity-flump and what have you. I don't remember the words exactly. But you can feel that. You know, he said, go ahead, put your hand up there and feel how your heart's out of rhythm. And Dad Hagen said, he said, in that, he said, that thought came to my mind, and he said, and my hand went to reach for my heart. And he said, I reached over with the other hand and hit it and said, oh, no, you don't. That's called resisting Satan. Satan wanted him to do something to show that he was taking the care of the thought. And God, and, and Dad Hagen said, oh, no, you don't, hand. He said, you ain't touching that heart. That heart's healed in Jesus' name. Amen. That's and taking then, that thought captive. And, and then the devil left for a little bit, and the devil came back. And the devil said, look at you, you old Christian, laying there in that bed. You ain't nothing but a liar. Dad Hagen started to laugh. And the devil said, what are you laughing at? And he said, I'm laughing at you. He said, he said, why are you laughing at me? He said, you're the Christian that's a lion. He said, I am a lion. He said, yes, you are. You're lying. You lay in that bed saying you're healed. He said, no, Satan. He said, I didn't say I was healed. He said, I said, Jesus said I was healed by his stripes. So if I'm not healed, then it's Jesus that's the liar, and you can go take it up with him. That was the last time the devil bothered him that night. It, notice how dad dealt with the devil. He spoke to him. He spoke to him. He spoke to him. He didn't reason with the devil. He spoke to the devil and told the devil the truth about the word of God. Spoke to him. Keep going. All right. So <clears throat> let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God. So pray about it. Lay your lay your cast, cast your stuff down at the feet of God and say, God, please handle this for me, and then thank Him for it. That's right. And then every time the thought comes, Father, I thank you. When the devil comes and says and starts talking that lie, do you say, Devil, I've done cast I've done cast it over onto God. That's not my problem. It's God's problem, and I just praise God that God's got it. That's how you have to talk to the devil. Yes, how you have to talk to him. You have to say, no, I'm not carrying that care because he wants you. He's trying to get you to be a slopped up puddle on the floor. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a very good look, and I really don't want the devil looking at me like that on the floor. So how am I going to keep from being a melted puddle on the floor? I'm going to refuse to take the care. Going to refuse to take the care. Keep going. All right. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What does it say? The peace of God. The peace of God. Will do what? It will keep your heart and your mind. So when you declare out of your mouth, number one, it puts you in faith. Number two, it keeps you in faith. Number three, it allows God to produce the fruit of your mouth. So when you walk around saying, I have the peace of God, I have the peace of God, if you deal with fear, if you deal with worry, if you deal with anxiety, if you deal with insecurities, 
depression. You need to walk around. Every time I see you, it needs, if I, anything in life pokes you, you need to start saying, I have the peace of God. You, the way you're going to get the victory is not to sit. I see it all over your faces in here this morning. You're sitting there and you're thinking in your mind. And what you need to be doing is you need to start saying out of your mouth, I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. Come on, church. I have the peace of God. I have, I have the, the peace, peace of God. I have the 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 peace of God. Come on, actually say it. Peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have. Listen, you ain't saying it if I can't hear it. I have the peace of God. Look at that. She actually starts. She actually said it with something, and it actually put a smile on her face. I have the peace of God. I've been looking at stone faced. What do you call those things? Uh, tombstones. Stone-faced tombstones looking at me. Death and fear just staring at me through the whole sermon. Death and fear. Oh, my God. You're attacking my fear. Oh, this is not okay, Pastor. Oh, Pastor, you're attacking my fear. This is not okay. I don't like this. This is not okay. What am I doing? I'm putting a double on one. Amen. And you're sitting there letting him put you in fear. Say it out of your mouth. No, I have the peace of God. I you want to know why your anxiety is going up? Because you're busy listening to him instead of listening to the word of God. I'm telling you, the reason you're struggling is because you're too busy listening to the devil. You're too busy being in your head. You're too busy listening to the storage package instead of listening to the spirit of God on the inside. Whew. All right. So you've done all that. You 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 you, you had your you had your you had your stuff, and you and you said, oh, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to get rid of it. So I'm going to pray to God and lay it down at His feet. I'm going to thank Him for taking it from me and for fixing it, and then I'm going to have the peace of God. I'll even say it. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. Come on, church. I have the peace of God. But but now here's the thing: when you lay these troubles down at, at at the feet of God, you're not supposed to keep thinking about it. You're not supposed to keep worrying about it. You're not supposed to pick it back up. But it but up. but it's human nature. What are you going to do? You're thinking, oh, did he fix it yet? I don't know. Maybe maybe I should look. Oh nope, can't look, can't look. Oh, but 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 you know my bills are coming up, and and I don't have the money, and and. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do when there's, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I've got it again. But once you lay it down, and once you pray about it, and once you thank Him for it, and you have that peace, what do you do next? Let's see the next verse. Hold on. Hey God, can you take care of this for me? Sure. No, hey wait, let go of that. You want me to, But God I, won't, I, God I, won't do this. <laughs> God will not do this. God will not Look, do I've, this. I've got it God right here. God is a perfect gentleman. I've got it. You, Y'all want go. to, you want God to do this. God will not do this. God will not do this. I'm going to show you. Go ahead and put it back on. Put it on. I'm going to show you what God does. You walk up to God and you say, hey, God, can you take care of this? Hey, God, can you take care of this? Sure. Lay it down at my feet. But, 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 but then how am I going to know it's taken care of? Trust. Faith. Oh. I have to trust? Yep. I don't know if I can do that, God. You know, this is really important to me. 
Are you sure you're going to take care of it? Yep. You got my word. All right. I think I think maybe maybe I can do this. Maybe. You sure you got it? Yep. Put it in my feet. All right. Okay, go about your day. Go about your business. But God, it's really important to me. I I, I said I'd take care of it. I I know. I I know. If you want to take it, take it. (laughs) But but I just I need to thank you because it's really important. That's fine. So I I thank you for that. Okay. Okay? I'll take care of it. All right. Well, thank you. Are you going to (laughs) leave? Hey, God, did you take care of that thing for me? I said I would. I will. Okay. Do I have any peace yet? No, I don't. Right? Actually, he does. It's on the inside of him. He's choosing not to tap into it. I'm still holding on to it. Even though it's way over there, I'm still holding on to it. But, but you know, and this is, this is, this is human nature. This is human nature to hold on to things she like just this. Said, she said, it's really nice. You want to tie a string to it? You tie a string to it? There's nothing I can do about it. This is human nature. But, but the, Bible gives us, the Bible gives us something to combat that human Now, he nature. just took it. I, I can't it. do anything with it. He just took it. I can't do a thing with it. He did not leave it at my feet. There, now it's on her feet. <laughs> and guess what? That's where he has to leave it. That's where he has to leave it. If he starts talking about it, it's going right back in his, on him. He starts thinking about it. I'm having a great day. Thing. Do you want to ask me about that? Oh, oh, here. Let me tell you, it's great. I left it at the feet of God. He's got it, and it's all good. That's the victory. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I've got victory over it. You know, the devil's not stomping on me no more. That's right. Yes, you have to leave it. And ninety foot and the reason that people don't get victory is because they refuse to leave it. They'll walk out of the church and they'll come back and pick it up. They'll come back tomorrow. They're sitting on the altar. They'll come back tomorrow. Walk right in the throne room of God, pick it up, put it back on their back and go walk right out the door with it. That's what the devil wants you to do. How do you keep from doing that? You think on. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If you're thinking on anything other than these things, you have picked up the luggage. See, you have picked it up. This verse here gives us the way against the human nature. It gives us the way to get away from thinking about it and picking it back up. It says, think, finally... When you've done everything you can to get rid of that thing, and you're still having problems, start thinking on whatsoever things are true. Well, it's true that God's going to take care of it for me. It's true that I've laid it down at his feet. It's true that it's no longer my problem. Whatsoever things are honest. And here's what some people do. Some people will walk up and say, okay, Jesus, here's my bag. I'm going to leave that bag right there. I refuse to think on it anymore. I'm not thinking on it. I'm not touching it. I'm not going there. But rather than think on these things, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pick up this bag. And I'm going to carry this bag instead. 
did you did you accomplish anything? You traded one problem for another. You have to leave it all. You have to leave it all right there. Go back to First Peter. Go back to First Peter five. Anyways, those things those things are things that you should think on to keep yourself from thinking about what you left. First Peter. First Peter five. He said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Then Jesus said this, then the Spirit said this. He said, Be sober. In other words, be 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 sober about your thought life. Be real with yourself. Are you thinking Satan's thoughts or are you thinking God thoughts? Pay close attention. He said, be vigilant. Not a vigilante. Be vigilant. In other words, stay on top of this thing. Make sure you're continually controlling your thoughts. Listen, if you're like, well, I'm working on my thoughts. I'm getting a few in. I'm I'm controlling three or four a day. You are never going to get victory. The scripture said to take every thought captive. Every thought. Be vigilant. And here's what you have to be vigilant. Being vigilant means to be on guard against. At all means times. You're, you're watching and you're, and you're being careful. And you're not, you're not letting Satan sneak anything in on you. You know, because he will. He's going stu- to try and sneak stuff in. But if you're vi- sober, meaning you're of a clear mind and a clear head, and you're at peace, and you're vigilant, you're watching for the things that he's going to send against you, you'll be able to combat it before, it even, before he can even drop it off. Listen. We know every spring, once it finally warms up, once the cold snaps all start, stop, and it's nice, good, warm, sunny weather. You see on social media, you see all those. I hate that time of year because my social media, I hate snakes. Social media is like, beware, snakes, snakes, snakes. And everybody's like, pictures, look at this snake, look at this snake, oh, this snake, look at I'm like, stop it. Like, stop it. How much do you know when it gets to be that time of weather, you don't just go trampling outside like it just snowed? No, you, we live in the woods around here. You're like, hmm or snake you've got to be on the constant lookout for the serpent in your life constantly he there's never an off season for the serpent of satan but look at let's keep going he said be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may turn into a slot into a slushy that he can slurp up that's what that word devour means and why does all right You've been saying the slushy thing for a while, but you haven't explained why you're calling it. That's because if you look up that word devour, that's what that that's the picture that the devourer draws. Is it's, it's the picture of something becoming a slushy puddle, puddle on the floor that the lion can literally just lick up. He doesn't even have to use his teeth. And why does he not? Why does he not want to use his teeth? Because 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 God has defeated him and disarmed him. He doesn't, he doesn't even anything. have his teeth anymore. He doesn't. He says, now notice verse 9. Whom resist steadfast fast in the faith. You have to resist steadfast. That means that resisting is 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life. You do not get a day off from resisting the devil. And resist is an action. Resist is not passive. Resist is an action. You are constantly on guard. I said last week, there is no no such thing as retirement for the Christian. Why? Because you have to resist steadfast. This is, he said, he said, stick your spike heels in the ground, be unmovable, and at all times resist. At all times resist. 
He said, uh, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing, this is why we're able to do this, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, he said, listen, what you're up against is not anything that anybody else has not been up against. Y'all can look at me and say, well, Miss Robbie, that's just you. You're just special. You don't think I'm up against some stuff? Honey, I stand at a higher level of Christianity than you do. I assure you, the battles are real. And, and Brother Randy's at an even higher level. His battles are real. I've noticed something very peculiar. I've noticed something very peculiar. We'll be going through a storm, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, Lord. And then we go to a meeting with Brother Randy, and he talks about the battle that he's been under for however long he's been under it once he decides to talk about it. And I go, that's exactly the same thing that I've been up against, just on a higher level. What you're facing, what you're dealing with, I'm sorry, boo-boo, it's not unique and special to you, and you're the only one that deals with it. You're, you're, you're not. You're not the only one that's had the thoughts that you have. You're not the only one that's had, the, that's had to fight back fear, worry, and anxiety. You're not the only one that's thought you didn't matter. You're not the only one that's had to deal with pushing back the idea of suicide. You're not the only one that's had to push back the fear of financial destruction. You're not the only one. But we stand before you victorious. And if we can be victorious, then you can be victorious. Because God is no respecter of persons. None. There's so many scriptures, we haven't even hardly touched them. But let's this go to is, verse 10. But let's read verse 10. Try to get y'all out of here. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, so we've, we've cast our cares on him. We've laid it down. He's, he says, hey, I've got you. But, you know, you, you kind of brought this on yourself. You're going to have to suffer a little bit. Yeah. He says, after you have suffered a while, I will make you perfect or mature. I will, I will mature you. I will establish you. I will strengthen you. And I will settle you. That's right. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You have a promise that if you will stand fast against the devil, God will give you the victory. Matthew eleven twenty eight, twenty nine and 30. I'm just going to read it. We'll close out right here. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29 and 30. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, if you're carrying the packages of Satan, he said, come to Jesus. He said, come on to me that, are, that labor. How much do you know? It's laborous. It was laborous just to hold all of that, nonetheless try to walk around with it. Labored. He, said, he says, those that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But how you're going to get rest is this way. He said, take, upon, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. In other words, he's very humble. You shall find rest unto your soul. In other words, Jesus said, work to become like me. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Satan, all of this garbage down here is the yoke and burden of Satan. 
The yoke and burden of Jesus is this. Light, free. No bondage, no weight, no anything. Does that mean I don't have to resist? No, I still have to resist. And what am I resisting? Picking up anything of that. I, don't, I refuse to pick it up. I absolutely refuse to pick it up. And that's the place. And when you get to the place that you absolutely refuse to pick up the weights of Satan, that is when you will no longer have fear, worry, anxiety, depression, insecurities, or any other type of mental or emotional bondage. Is when you refuse. When you say, you know what, Satan, you've held me in bondage long enough. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. There's freedom in the blood. There is freedom in the blood. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And Father, I hope and I pray that we got it across like we needed to. Father, I know we've just barely touched the surface of this subject. But Lord, you've given us enough to start. And so, Father, we thank you for it. And Father, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. You want to bless the offering? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give into your kingdom. We give with a grateful heart, a joyous heart, because you gave so much more unto us, and, and you gave it before we were even lovable. Lord, you've made us to be right with you, to be your righteousness, and, your, and, and to, stand, to stand for you and to stand for your truth. And we will give into your kingdom because we are, well, because we're required, but because, because we love you. And we give with a generous heart. And we give with so much joy because you have done so much for us. And we, we give and we ask that you bless this offering that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the doing of your work in this world. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you will bless, you will return to us a blessing poured down, shaken together, and running over more than we could ever ask, hope, or think so that we can become a bigger blessing to you and your kingdom and your people. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. This word is rooted and grounded in our hearts, and it will grow in our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with because we will share this word to everyone we meet. And we will meditate on this word throughout the week, and we will become doers of the word. We will have the thoughts of Christ and the mind of Christ, and we will do, be doers of his word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you, Father. Father, we give... We give unto you and we thank you that your word is true your word is working and the increase comes in every area of our life and we thank you for it in jesus mighty name amen, amen. and amen you may serve the people glory to god thank you jesus thank you father thank you father thank you lord glory to god thank you father well glory to god we ran glory over but i won't apologize if it gets somebody set free from the